right, welcome ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to Cookies and Cream. As always, my name is Raymond Hernandez. Of course, with me is the ever-faithful Isaac Thompson. And um, I guess today was your topic. You decided on... Well, uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, my topic is kind of it's kind of like, uh, I guess you would say tragedy. Um, we just had 9-11 yesterday. Today's the 12th. So uh kind of wanted to go off of that and how, like, you know, tragedy happens and how you respond to it is everything. So yeah, because of course the people, you know, the people. I was thinking like the people uh, that go into the World Trade Center, like today, nine eleven is just like any other day, two thousand one. Yeah, you're just gonna show up to work, office job. I, I would believe so. Maybe you're a janitor or something, yep. but you're just there, you're gonna go clean and, and your whole life. Changes. Yeah, your whole life is changed just yeah. because someone decides. You know what? They're gonna course fly their planes um into into the uh the twin towers it's it's crazy it says that um i mean al-qaeda was the one that i guess organized yeah organized everything and and carried out the attacks yeah and it was it it was um four planes it was four planes yeah. that they that they hijacked four two that planes. we know that hit the twin towers yeah one flew into the, the pentagon, pentagon. And then the fourth one, the passengers... They took it over, yeah. Yeah, they, they took they over the plane. they crash-landed in, I think, Pennsylvania? Um, let me... Uh, yeah, Pennsylvania, yep, yeah. Where they um, fought back, and they... I don't, I, don't, I don't know where their destination was, but I yeah, think they, they said in. that one was headed to the White House. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so that's crazy in and of itself. Imagine, like... Imagine the White House getting attacked like that. Yeah, like I that mean, would. It, it could have worked too. I mean, well, yeah, well, I mean, they, they, I guess technically they could have shot it down or something like that. But yeah. still, it would. If it wasn't yeah. for those passengers, who knows what would happen? You know, yeah. because even if they shot it down, like if they shot it down close to the White House, like or how many people city, would have yeah, died? You know, uh huh. Like that's insane to me. So yeah, but, so like tragedy. In other words, tragedy strikes. Without you planning for it, yeah. Like you don't plan. Okay, Without warning. Monday today, World Trade World Trade Center is gonna happen. Yeah. We're gonna get hit. So you know yeah. what? I'm just planning my day. You don't you don't plan for that. No. So yeah. So that's how that's how I guess you could say tragedy, tragedy, tragedy does does work. Um, yeah, it's crazy because uh, I was reading a book on 9/11 and it was talking about the day before. The day before was like perfect day like it was just a great day it was a monday and then the morning that the attacks happened they were saying it was like the most beautiful day ever in new york clear skies perfect temperature everything was perfect like and then in a matter of like hours and minutes everything changed so yeah you know? I, I said it within two hours uh both both uh yeah both buildings collapsed yeah collapsed down what what my question to you, I mean, tragedy happens no matter to everybody, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I, like a two-year-old, like tragedy yeah. to them is you taking their ice cream away or something like that, and they don't, they don't respond well to it or whatever. They get right. upset. So then what to you is, is, like, is tragedy for? Do you think there's a purpose for, for something bad happening? For. I think there is. <coughs> oh, excuse me. But um, when you think about it, tragedy is like, it's so hard in the moment. But there's so many less 
lessons, lessons you can learn from it. Um, like 9-11, there are so many security concerns that like we learned how to deal with, you know? Nobody thought that a, a hijacker could take over a plane. Like at the time, that was never, that was so un, unheard of. Yeah, you didn't think, you didn't think about like, it. Like nobody thought that. So nowadays, like now we have crazy airport security. Now we have, you know, just different things that we learned as a nation. So like it's, it's, it's horrible to think about it, but, but tragedy helps you learn, I think. But if you respond tragedy happening, right? Because yeah. there's people that I would say that, you know what, they got, they didn't respond well to the, like, there's people that are upset now, like, man, I have to go through airport security. Yeah. I have to get my things checked. I mm -hmm. can't carry this because then they'll get upset. I have to make sure that I have, I don't have any kind of fluids in my, or my suitcases and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. there's people that get upset all because of this tragedy that happened. And there's others that would say, you know what, maybe that were in the Twin Towers that lost family members and would have said, you know what, I wish these um, rules were implemented before, before this ever happened. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so that they could have caught it, we could have stopped it. And, you know, it, it reminds me of, of Job in the Bible. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. his all his family died, um, his kids died, his livestock's taken away. And here, here he's living every day that he's... You know, serving God. Do you believe yeah. he's doing what's right? And then, and then, bam, he gets struck. For no, like to him, there was no reason. Yeah. Like there was no reason what was happening to him was happening. You know? Yeah. Like obviously God had a reason and there was a different dynamic playing out up, up, you know, in heaven in with heaven. God and, you know, between the devil and everything. But Job, like there was no reason for it, you know? So, and Job had every, like he, Job had every right to be upset, to be like, what the heck is going on? Like, I've served you, God, for so long. I've served you faithfully. I've served you, you know, almost perfectly. Mm -hmm. Like, God called Job, like, uh, what, what, how did he describe Job? He said, um, uh, I forgot the exact words, but he was basically saying, like, he is, like, the highest of the highest, like, human-wise. Like, it's just, and, like, for him to go through things that, had no reason like you would think like man like something's happening to me there's no reason so i have every right to lash out in anger lash out in hatred lash out in you know just whatever you can imagine but he didn't you know and that's how tragedy i think is supposed to shape us you know? yeah it's but so you, i know pastors always said this before when you are before tragedy strikes, if you're doing what's right, if you're faithful, it's when the, and then tragedy hits, you're able to maintain like your salvation or maintain your godly standing and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But if say if, you, if you're like slipping before, like you're not following those right steps, tragedy hits and then yeah, and then you're, you're like, man, yeah, you get worse. It's not yeah. going to help you out. You're going to be more like, man, like. God's not on my side. Why did this happen? Yeah. I mean, I like on the Twin Towers when the people were above, like when the plane hit, I know there was people jumping out because mm -hmm. they couldn't get down any, any yeah. lower. So yeah. there's a certain, there's like, there's, there's places in our lives where we get struck. And if you don't have that foundation, if you don't have that, that security already in place beforehand, then that, that tragedy is just going to break you. Yeah, you're exactly. Gonna, you're going to, you're going to be in pain or hurting or mm -hmm. 
it's going to mess you up. So like, I mean, in everyone's life, there's some kind of tragedy that happens. And I know a big thing for you is in your marriage. Yeah. When, yeah. when my wife had surgery. When she had surgery and yeah. stuff like that, when you guys found out it was a tumor, right? Yeah. Yeah, my um, wife had a brain tumor. And I remember when all that started happening. Like, we had we had just had Grayson, and my wife had, you know, she was having vision problems. And after we had Grayson, my first son, the vision problems went away. Like, she was fine. She was perfect. Like, she could see fine. Everything was good. So then we had Landon about a year, a year and a couple months later. Throughout Landon's pregnancy, throughout my wife's pregnancy with Landon, she was getting vision problems again. Like, what do you mean as vi- like her, vision or she couldn't see as far? Her right eye was getting cloudy. Like, it's weird because she described it as like a black, like a black paper, like just slowly covering her right eye. Hmm. And so that's what it was kind of like. Like, each day it would be a little more and then a little more, a little more. And then eventually, like, she had only like half vision in her right eye. So then at this point, we're thinking, okay, something's wrong, you know? So. Yeah. We take her to all these doctors. All these doctors are saying, like, no, it's just hormones. Like, nothing's wrong with you. Like, what do you think? Nothing's wrong. Like, everything's fine. We take her to a eye doctor. And this was, like, the – it was, a like, a specialist, an eye specialist. Mm-hmm. So we had already been to three, three or four regular eye doctors. And then this specialist, he looks in her eye, and he's kind of like, okay, well, we need to get MRI and stuff. And then he comes back after all the MRI and stuff is done, and he tells her that she has a tumor. And the tumor was right on her optic nerve. That's why it was messing with her vision. So, um, like, the optic nerve is the one that controls your vision. Mm-hmm. It controls what you see. It controls how you see. So it was right on her right optic nerve affecting her vision. And so then, like, you know, Kathy's freaked out. I'm freaked out. We don't know if it's cancer or just a regular, you know, yeah, it's just a growth. Yeah, yeah it's just a yeah. growth. You so you, did he say if it was there for a while? They they didn't know. And mm. no doctor has told us definitively because it could have been there for a long time and then the pregnancies like all the hormones made it grow faster, faster. or it could have started because of all the hormones and everything. So mm. we don't know. But um we go to a neuro neurosurgeon whatever and he's telling her that you know he has to have surgery she has to have surgery and so like this is like major brain surgery like it's not just like like a growth like on your skull or something like it's major brain surgery now we're all freaked out and i remember the first time we heard that she was gonna have to have surgery that night i called my mom and i just like broke down crying like me and kathy were married like two years two and a half years Hmm. and to find out like your wife needs brain surgery you know like massive brain surgery it's not just a little operation so then we find out we have to go to uh phoenix and we have to go to uh one of the top brain surgeons like in in the united states um is bar uh borrows brain and spine uh institute Mm -hmm. so like that's another thing okay this surgery is so crazy that you, you have to, to go to one of the top surgeons in the United States. So that was insane also. But I think through it all, like what I learned is that stuff like that, it either makes you or it breaks you. Yeah. You know? And what I what I took away is that 
as a man, first of all, with a wife, you have to be composed. When all this is happening, you can't be too emotional. You can't be too crazy. Because your wife is like that, you know? Your wife is, like, scared, and she's... Especially since it's, it's, since it's happening to her. like it's, Yeah, it's, it's her, happening yeah. to her. She, I mean, I'm pretty sure Kathy thought, not only am I going to suffer for this, like, what about my kids? Yeah, exactly. I just, I just had exactly. a baby, or I'm pregnant right now. She was pregnant at the time. When we did the surgery, she had just delivered that oh, okay. like, two months ago. But when she got diagnosed, she was... Yeah, we were, she was pregnant. She was pregnant. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm about to have a kid. Yeah. My husband... Like I, I'm just barely starting like my yeah, life and stuff. Barely, yeah. And so, well, well, you, you sitting there and the doctors explaining this to you. Were you able to compose yourself and be like, I need to be strong for Kathy? Yeah. Or? Every time, every time we went to the doctors, I composed myself because my wife is very emotional, and obviously, you know, there's every wife like it's most every, every wife <laughs> is gonna be yeah. like that you know uh-huh. so i had to compose myself because whenever we go to the doctor my doctor the, her doctor would tell her stuff and she would you know start crying or stuff so i had to be composed you know and like telling her it's gonna work yeah, out yeah it's gonna be, be okay. okay like we're gonna be fine we're gonna go do this we're gonna uh-huh. go to the doctor we're gonna go get this surgery blah 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 so I had to be composed, and I, I did for the most part, you know? For the most part, like, every doctor's visit, I was composed. You know, I tried to, I tried my best to be composed and everything, and so that was, like, a huge major point in my life where I learned that you have to stay calm in the midst of tragedy, tragedy. in the midst of adversity. You so, know? Then, so then let me ask you this, because, you know, you holding things in, is we say it's not a good thing, right? Right. Like, if you... Where where did you now? I know you said you called your mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where did you vent your? I don't I don't want to say frustrations, but where your feelings like were actually because you know like like Job he he vented his feelings to to God. Yeah. He said, yeah. "Why is this happening?" His friends came. And he was like, "Like you're you're tormenting me. Mm-hmm. You're not helping me." He yeah. vented his feelings. Yeah. Where did you Where did you get that out? You know, I got it out. Like I talked. I called my mom that first day, which. I mean, obviously, I'm going to call my mom. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily a great person to vent your feelings, feelings to. Too. Because, you know, women are more emotional. Mm-hmm. And my mom, like, you know, I love my mom. And she, you know, she cried with me a little bit. And then she helped me, you know. But I would say, like, one of the main peoples were my friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I would talk to them. And it was different because I feel like when Job, when Job went through what he went through, his friends were like, oh, you're... You're you're obviously doing something yeah, bad. You're a sinner. Like you're or a sinner. Uh-huh. Something's going on. Like something's going on that you don't want to tell. You're doing something. Yeah. But all my friends were like, you know, very supportive and like, you know, this is going on, but you're gonna get through this and you know, everything's gonna be all right. But the number one thing that I did was pray. Mm-hmm. And that helped me like so much. Like I just like I just would pray every day and I would be like, you know what, God I can't do anything. Yeah. Like obviously this is in your hands. You're going to you're going to make it okay. And you know, it was okay. Like in the end it was okay. And like my wife is still dealing with some medical issues but nothing to that extent, you know. Prayer is the number one thing, I think. And I like obviously the Bible, you know, everything the Bible says and and pastor says leads us to believe that that ev- that prayer is number one. Were you nervous yeah. right before the surgery? Yeah, and I was nervous because this was like 
It was a major brain surgeon. The the tumor was sitting on her optic nerve, and it was close to a major artery. So the doctor said before he went in, he was like, look, I'm going to try and get the whole tumor, but it's sitting close to a major artery. I don't want to go close to that artery. If I nick it, if I touch it, you could have a stroke. If something happens, you could bleed out and die, you know? Yeah. So I was super nervous, but... I feel like I did compose myself to the point where I think it helped Kathy, you know, just knowing, especially because knowing what I know, like I'm in the medical field. So I know different things that can happen. So it's different how I perceive stuff that was going on, but you can't, you can't make it seem like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's different that something's going on and you have to compo- compose yourself to make it seem like, no, it's not that big of a deal. And not to say you deceive somebody, but you have to put on that aura. That way you protect your, yeah, that protect you and help. You know, yeah, you yeah. have that confidence that she's already, everything's going to be okay. She's already going to have some yeah. kind of, yeah, she's already having already her scared. own battle. Yeah, she's yeah. having her, her own battles. You can't so add you can't to that. Add, yeah, you can't be like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm freaked out, too. Yeah, exactly. Because then, yeah, it's just going to... Well, just make it worse. Make it, yeah, yeah, a lot worse. So how long did the surgery last? The surgery was like six, like six or seven hours. In Phoenix? Is that, In Phoenix, is, is that yeah. where you had it from? And yeah, then, we went to Phoenix. I'm sure she stayed there, or you guys stayed there for a little bit. We recovery. stayed there for like a week, a week, almost, yeah, a week and a half, about a week and a half. Yeah, and that was crazy because, like, my wife, like, after surgery, she was just, you know, sleeping. Yeah, she, she was, was out, out you it. know, mm-hmm. taking some pain meds and stuff. So, like, I was basically by myself in Phoenix, you know? So, it's just, that was another aspect of, of I had to overcome that. But, um, but yeah, man, that, that was a crazy time. And the main thing I learned is when tragedy strikes, you have to be calm. You know, when stuff happens, you have to be calm. It was just another aspect of God teaching me that, you know, through through everything that he's still there and prayer works, you know? Yeah. Because prayer was like the number one thing that got me through it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, could, I, I, I see that. I, um, I remember one time, was it Memorial Day? We were at a serious men's class. Pastor Stevens was, I guess, um, honoring the veterans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he, cl- he came it to a close. I don't know if you were there or not. Craig. Craig had a list. Yeah, I don't know. I guess he always has that list. Yeah. You said something right now. You got to keep yourself composed so that she knows that she's okay and that nothing's going on. Yeah. I'm thinking about Craig. He's he's mostly always composed. Like, he, mm-hmm. he holds his – I mean, he, of course, shows his anger and stuff like that. But he's mostly composed for certain, certain things. And I can see him going into, like, a time of where he has to lead men and stuff like that. And you have to lead them into battle and you know, yeah. you know what? I'm not going to keep everybody. Yeah. Like I'm sending these men off to die and there's a real enemy out there that, that they're going to face and stuff like that. So Craig, Craig had a list of all the people under his command that have died. And so he's in the back. Right. And, um, I'm sitting there on the second row or whatever. And you can hear Craig and Craig's usually composed. And he starts naming off names. Yeah. He says, pray for this person who had a wife and two kids. Pray for this person. He had two sons or whatever. Yeah. And he's naming the list. And as he's naming the list, like his voice is is, is breaking because 
These are the yeah. men that were underneath him that he had command over. And I'm sure that time when he's focused, when he's in the time of, of commanding these men to God and lead, he was composed. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, we need to take this part of the city or we need to overtake that or whatever. Yeah. He, he just led them. But it's afterward, after you look back and you're like, yeah, like, man, the, that's and during that. Yeah. During that time, you can you can talk during that time of when Kathy got diagnosed, when she when you knew like the stuff that was happening, you were composed. Yeah, it's it's when you're by yourself, when you're alone, when you are away from the situation is when that's I believe when as, a, as a guy, yeah, yeah, as a man, you that's when you vent and who are you going to vent to? Yeah, I mean, it's going to either be God or or something else. People, you know what? In the war, they would drink when yeah. they got back. Yeah, exactly. They would turn to drugs and stuff like that because they they didn't know how to vent or mm-hmm. how to release their frustrations. I yeah. guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, and that's tough, man. Like you gotta you gotta find something. You gotta find. I mean, obviously, God is is prayer is number one, but you also have to find somebody outside of that. You know. You have to find somebody that'll that'll be able to listen to you and, and help you with that. Like it's it's just crazy, man. Like you have to be calm in the midst of adversity, in the midst of trials and tribulations and 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 stuff that goes on, you know? What would you what would your advice be to someone of course we said prayer, trusting in God. But what what do you think are other other aspects in your in your thoughts to keep someone from going off the deep end when tragedy strikes what can you tell a family that said i just lost my husband today because he was in the twin towers and yeah you know what i think a big thing that isn't talked about is you have to you have to have like a release of of your feelings of your of your grief you have to grieve like i remember like like another tragedy that happened recently is uh the passing of alex Mm-hmm. I was there like when everything happened and I remember um after we took him to the hospital like we 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 took him to the hospital we you know we were doing everything we had to do and after we took him like the whole time during everything that was happening like I was calm I had a job to do like I was trying to do everything I could to you know make sure that Alex you know lived you know mm-hmm. right after my job, you know, quote unquote, my job was done. Like I broke down, you know, like I broke down, I was crying and I was like, I didn't let anybody see me cry. Like I, because I was, we were at Del Sol. So I went to the restroom to wash my hands and then I came out and right when I was coming out of the hospital, like I see my, my captain came because by that time they knew that I knew Alex. So they were coming to see how I was doing. Like I just broke down crying. Like, I broke down, and I went to the truck by myself. Like, I was just, you know, I just broke down. And that whole day, like, I was supposed to stay on shift for 24 hours. I went home. Like, I couldn't stay at work. So I went home. It was a Wednesday night, so we had church. So that helped it a little bit. But I was just grieving the whole day. Like, the whole day, I was just sad. Like, I was just, you know, I had those emotions, like, those feelings, you know? Were you sad because... You knew, I mean, we knew Alex, or you knew Alex, because he didn't make it? Or did you feel like, man, I could have done more? Or was it, why did this happen? 
I was or is more, it just everything in general just come yeah. by like, man, like I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, I was more sad about the whole situation. Just everything in, in general. You know, everything that happened, everything I saw, everything that, you know, just everything. So that whole day I was grieving. And then that night I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. Like I just couldn't sleep. Like I was like restless, you know. Yeah. Like when I got home, I, you know, me and Kathy cried. Like I cried and, and I couldn't sleep that night. And then the next morning I woke up and I went to prayer. Like at this time, everybody knew. Everybody knew in the church what happened. And so I just sat down in prayer. Like I was just there, you know. And I, I, I prayed for a little bit, but I really couldn't even say nothing. Yeah. You know, I couldn't think nothing. I couldn't do nothing. So I was just there just sitting down and, and just like just kind of crying and grieving there, you know. I got up. I left. I went home. And then the next day... Like it was, it was better, you know. Yeah. Like I, after all that grieving, like I just felt like, like okay, like Alex is in heaven, mm-hmm. you know. The situation happened, but like it's not, it's not over. Like it's not the end of the story. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's, there's that yeah. that light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. you could say. Yeah, it's not the end, you know. So that kind of helped. Just that whole grieving process. Yeah. You know? So yeah, you're 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 saying that if you. If tragedy strikes, there's a point where it's okay. It's okay yeah. to cry. Yeah. It's okay mm-hmm. to feel bad. Yeah. It, it's not like you're totally happy. Like, oh, he's like, yeah. oh, in heaven. Yeah, we can't be crying. No, yeah. There's yeah, a, no. There's, there's a, that grieving process. There's mm-hmm. that point where you're like, you know what? No, it's it's okay to be sad. Yeah. That's okay. Mm-hmm. As the Bible says, there's a time to cry and there's a time to laugh. Yeah, exactly. And so you, you have to... Yeah, I believe in tragedy. You have to understand when that time frame is. Yeah. But then also how to overcome it. Yeah, how to come out of it. it. There's there's sometimes, for me, when I know there's tragedy or something like that, or like I'm going through a hard time, my wife could tell you this, Marissa. There's this one. There's this one YouTube video where Uh it's just it's just people that can't stop laughing. Yeah. I can watch that video, and it makes it makes me feel. It makes me feel happy. I guess it makes me feel happy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I see these people laughing, and it brings some kind of joy to my life. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like I get, I can get, I can get through the day or whatever. Yeah, yeah. If I feel bad or if I'm just down, I can look at this video and I know, hey, you know what? Life goes on. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that you, that you do. Like you have to know you as a person. You know yourself to be like, this is something that I yeah. turn to when um. I mean, when I'm when I'm struggling or yeah, and, and and it's it's like you said, it's a a boundary. There's a a place for everything. Like people go to like food or something like mm-hmm. that and say this makes me feel better. Well, that's okay. I mean, that's okay. That's it makes you feel better. But you know, if there's that point where overindulgence, yeah, you know, yeah. like that's where it gets bad. You need a there's a time to as there's time to cry, but then there's also a time to laugh. So you yeah, need to exactly. know that transition between those points. To overcome adversity or tragedy or whatever's in your yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a point where I think in your mind you have to say like, okay, that's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I've grieved, and for everybody it's different. Every situation is different. Also, my situation is very different than like how Alex's family um, responds. You know, mm-hmm. my response is different than theirs. You yeah. know. But in every situation, there's a period of grieving. And then when that period's over, like, you have to say in your mind, like, okay, that's enough. Like, it's time to 
go forward. I think that's where people trip up when it comes to tragedies that happen is there has to be that point where, okay, that's enough and it's time to move forward, you know? Yeah. And if you stay in a period of grieving, if you stay in a period of, uh, you know, tragedy, you'll never be able to move forward. And that's going to hurt you far more than the tragedy will, you yeah. know? Like, if you think about it, like, in every circumstance, like 9-11, you know, with my wife or with Alex, like, if you never move on, you'll be stagnant. And you'll never be able to get past what happened to you. And that's, I think that's the number one key is, like, you have to find a way to, like, okay, now it's time to get past it. And to, like, you never forget, but you put it in a place where, now it is more of a remembrance, like, okay, like, these are the lessons I learned, and I remember this because of the good memories, or I remember this because of what happened and what came out of it. So you have to move past things that happen in you in your life, because if not, you'll just be stagnant, you know, and that's, like, the worst place to be. So I, that's, that's, like, the number one thing about tragedy, and it happens to everybody. You know, sooner or later, you're going to have something happen to you that is traumatic or that is not ordinary something that shakes you up and something that makes you think and makes you like challenges you it happens to everybody like I don't care who you are and how you respond is the number one key to how your life is going to be after it and a lot of people don't respond correctly and it, it hurts them for years mm -hmm. like it'll jack you up for years and years until you're able to respond in a right way. And like I said, that's different from everybody, but that response has to happen. It, it can't not happen for you to move on. Yeah. So, Yeah, so prayer, Bible reading, moving on, knowing the time frame to grieve, to how to overcome that is one of the, probably not the only things, but one of the main points to overcome tragedy that's all the time we have for today again thank you uh everyone for listening to cookies and cream if you have any suggestions you could reach out to me or isaac let us know if you want us to talk about something specific would like a host something like that uh, give us ideas but we thank you for listening and attending and you all have a good day <laughs>